the Fantasy Six-Pack Hour with your hosts, Joe Bob and A.J. Appleton. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right. Welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net. With me as usual, my co-host, AJ Abergarth. Uh, Nice shirt again, man. Thanks. We At least it's not maroon. I know, right? Last last Twins. Week, we, were, we were matching, um, wearing our, our expo shirts. I was uh, like, what but, should I wear? What should I wear? It's like, uh, I don't know. I was like, I haven't worn this, this in a while. <laughs> eh, whatever. Yeah, I've been wearing it all day. It was out at the uh the science museum with the kiddos. So uh I did not nice. change. So yeah, good day. I'm nice. tired. I have not been wearing this all day because I was working, so I had to wear a uh, business casual polo. Sucks for you. What's up, Mason? All right. So <laughs> tonight we've got a great show, a couple of great guests. We're going to be talking some draft strategy uh, for those of you who still have your drafts left. And I'm sure there's plenty of you. I know I've got about seven lined up in the next two weeks, it feels like. It's it's a lot. So, uh, okay. but yeah, before we get rolling here, I remind you, hit that subscribe Four. button, hit those like buttons, leave those comments, uh, leave those five-star reviews. Uh, we appreciate it. And uh Helps us out a lot. Uh, and of course, there is still time to become an all access member of a fantasy six pack. Uh, you're going to get access to our award winning rankings, our draft cheat sheet tool, our Discord, where you can ask all of us your custom league questions. And, you know, I'll tell you, man, we we love answering your questions out there. I'm not going to lie. Like, we every time somebody asks a question, there's like, I mean, it's like, bam, answer within like, 10 seconds it feels like uh very rarely it would have to be like two in the morning and even then it doesn't always happen there's a delay uh <laughs> believe me there's somebody up um but no it's a good time over there uh we, we have a blast talking with everybody and um if you haven't already uh you need to jump your leagues over to fan tracks too uh they got great customization over there for free uh they're giving away a signed travis kelsey jersey this year too for anybody who starts up a league over there so I mean, what more can you ask? Um, it's you know, it, it's a great site. Um, they're 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 tr- always trying to improve over there. You know, we've been doing mocks over there and and having a good time doing them. We're having our our actual like league uh, s- show next Monday over there doing fan tracks. So uh, there you go. And and we got a little bonus this week. We're we'll be giving away some trophy smack draft boards and draft kits from Trophy Smack. Um, you got to keep watching though. Uh, the Keep watching. Uh, we're going to be sending out some some words for you to type in the chat. First person to type the word in the chat will win the prize, uh, and then you'll have to like DM us or hit us up on Facebook or whatever with you know your contact info so we can get you the promo code in order to get those free draft kits. Um, and if you even if you don't win, uh, go order yours because they are 
giving free two-day overnight shipping right now on all draft boards. So you will get them on time. I know that is a concern. Um, so you do not have to worry there. But without further ado, let's jump into our show here. And uh, we're going to bring on one guest first uh, for a reason. But uh, Zach Berger uh, over there with the probably the coolest Twitter handle, man. <laughs> I wonder how many people actually get it still. Uh, it, it depends, especially as it gets longer and longer away from the show right but i can definitely but tell who is cool in show. the league and and who is not um so it is a good way to kind of gauge your barometer of of what you've seen on tv yeah man so Taco. you are host of triple play fantasy football show director of content over fantasy frames content creator club fantasy you're all over the place man and uh you like helped me save my disney vacation many a times you were like i posted something on twitter about my disney vacation he was like dm me Hey man, I work for Disney. Blah blah blah. I was like, tell me everything. <laughs> Give me all the secrets. It was great. Saved me like hours of waiting in line. It's fantastic. So great. Happy to help. for you, man. <laughs> and job security for me. So yes. everyone keep coming to Disney. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sure you won't have a problem there. <laughs> no, no, I'm okay. Um, but uh before we bring in our next guest, uh, we're gonna do our beer of the week first. So let me do that. Mm, beer. All right, Zach, you are first up. Let us know what you got. Sure. So since you guys are up in Maryland, I'm from Maryland. Had to bring on a summertime seedless from Duclaw Brewing up in Baltimore, Maryland. So it's a watermelon hop sour. It is 7.1% alcohol. So it's a nice solid beer, but um, that's a heavy sour. Yeah. Yeah. But I had to go with my, my Scott Fishball 13 glass. Nice. Oh, the cheers glass. Nice. But, absolutely but it's uh it's really easy to drink it's, i love sours it's still got that fruitiness because i'm not like an ipa hoppy person so it's got the the punch but you don't taste it so nice that's I, sweet all right aj I'll have to check that one out i i am uh, a fan of sours as well so uh i am drinking a uh my next beer in the devil's purse brewing co um packs that that my buddy brought down for me from the mass area. Uh, this one is their Stone Horse Citra. It is an IPA. I uh, don't know if they have ABV on it, but that's okay. Um, oh, yes, they do. Six percenter. So uh, not not as heavy as the the sour, but it'll do. Good stuff. Uh, so I'm drinking one of the. Uh, oh yeah, that's nice. my my awesome Vermont pack that that I've acquired uh, from Alchemist Brewery. I'm I'm so I have not tasted this yet. I, I want to do it first on air. Uh, this one is called Focal Banger. It's just an American IPA, seven uh, percent. I'm excited, man. I almost want to like. I feel bad because like I feel like I've propped these too too much up, and I'm gonna be like, oh, it's actually just kind of normal. No, I'm sure no, be awesome. Alchemist is delicious beers. Ooh. Oh man. That is damn good. Yeah, that is easily like a four and four and a half at least. I gotta think about it for a second, but that that's a good one. All right, well, let's bring on our next guest here. And uh there's a Jim Coventry. Sorry, I, I beat you to it, Mike. Sorry. I was <laughs> yeah, excited. you're um, you're not you're not giving me any job security if you're doing my job. <laughs> <laughs> you can push all the buttons, you're good. Yeah. Uh anyway. <laughs> Writer over at Rotorwire, uh, Sirius XM host, uh, Keen's Classic 
champion. Uh, that is that is impressive. I, I did not. I sniffed it last year in my division, but uh, lost <laughs> badly. Anyway, um, cheers, man. How's it going tonight, man? Things are great. Things. It's always a great day to talk football, and we got drafts coming up. Absolutely. And and what better topic to do right now as we've got like the draft season? We know like all of us have probably had 15 drafts already. Or at least it feels that way, right? Um, but this is this is the time when it becomes crunch time, you know, the week before Labor Day, and then that like Labor Day weekend, then those like couple of days right before the season. I got a couple crunched in there. You want to get them, everybody wants to get them in as late as possible. I totally get it. Um so draft strategy is the way to go. And Jim, you and I were on the panel at the expo. So um, you were a guy who I um, immediately reached out to um, once we had an opening on this show. So uh, glad to have you here, man. What you said at the panel was great. So hoping you could share with our listeners a lot of the stuff that you said there. And and we'll start with you. So we're going to we're going to start this out here with just kind of your typical roster construction leagues, you know, quarterback, couple receivers, you know, couple running backs, one tight end, you know, maybe a defense and a kicker, depending on your league, whatever. You know, we usually stick to half PPR, but if you want to kind of blend in some PPR talk with this, if it if it makes that big of a difference with your answer, sure. But just kind of what is your general draft strategy that you go into every draft telling yourself, this is what I want to do? Jim, you can go first. So the first thing is this, and I have to set it up. So I don't do my top 300 list. What I do is I do separate positional lists. So in front of me, I have my quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, tight ends. And then as they get drafted, I mark them off the list. The reason is I want to know the flow of each individual draft. I want to see every draft could have a different flavor. A lot of drafts go the ADP route. A lot of drafts don't. I want to see where my tiers are at. I want to see how the attrition at the position is going. And I want to look two to three rounds ahead and try to predict out where it's going so I know when to attack. So now to specifically answer your question, basically the roster construction is this. Whenever you go for a quarterback or a tight end early, something's got to give. And so you have to go in and say, what am I willing to give? Typically for me, I'm going to give on tight end. Because I want to load up running backs and receivers. I got bye weeks to deal with, injuries to deal with. To me, those are the positions I want to have. When you get to the quarterback question, I'll answer that later. But right now, the key is, through those first 10 rounds, I really want to have depth at running back and receiver. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right. Zach, what what's your strategy as you head into into your drafts? Sure. So I think it's important, as Jim said, you want to know what your league settings are, your scoring, all of that. Every league I think we're all in is probably a little different for each one. And I think that's the biggest difference um, is kind of capturing those nuances, those edges. So if I'm in like a 10 team league, which is like my home league, I care more about getting an elite quarterback and an elite tight end if possible, because 
they're more valuable with those onesie positions because everyone, not everyone, most teams are going to be pretty loaded at running back and wide receiver, assuming they follow decent ADP. Um, so that's where I can differentiate myself. So it really depends on on the league itself, but um, I prefer having a balanced uh, team, but I definitely try to find ways where if I'm a little, I guess, lower, like a higher floor, less risk at one point in the draft, then I want to go with a higher risk um, at another point or vice versa. Like if I start high risk, I need to find some floor plays to find that balance because I do need to cover injuries by weeks and all of that. So I'd, everyone has a different philosophy, but I find being balanced usually covers no matter what craziness happens during your draft. Cause every single one of our leagues is so unique. Once you like you throw ADP out the window, once you get into those, those mid rounds, people do some crazy things. Yeah. Yeah. So one quick question I have for you, just to kind of piggyback off of this a little bit, and there's that word again that we've used so much in uh, previous shows for like three weeks straight, and then uh, we just hadn't. So bringing it back, uh, throw back to the piggyback. Um, so just in your typical leagues, like, is there does your strategy change depending on where you're drafting? In you know, say you're like slots one through four, or uh, you know, five through eight or nine to 12. Uh, do you still find yourself following that same, you know, path that you want to be on or, you know, obviously things dependently will change, but is your flow kind of the same, Jim, start with you again. So my draft board is very <clears throat> carefully constructed. I do a lot of early, early season drafts because I want to be on the clock from as many draft spots and as many drafts as possible. Because whatever my rankings are, when I'm on the clock in a league, I know if I really value that player where I have them. That's kind of the litmus. That's why I'll move players. So when I get to my drafts, especially in August, so to answer your question, it's the strategy doesn't change for me and that I want to load huh. up running back receivers. But here it is. It's where I said earlier, that specific board, four columns I have. The board tells me where to go, and I trust my board, and I trust the players where I have them valued so that wherever I'm drafting from, I'm just sticking to my board. All right. Zach, anything different out of, out of yours for that? Yeah, so just the way ADP is, depending on what platform you're on, I have a rough idea of if I'm in like the front of the draft, there's a good chance I am not getting certain players unless I make a crazy reach somewhere or someone else lets someone yeah. fall. So I have to kind of plan that. Like if I really want, let's say Mark Andrews and I'm at the front of the draft, I know that I have to hope he falls to me at the end of the second, early third, and I have to take him then, or he's not making it back to me at the end of the fourth, for example. So it really just depends on if I really want to target somebody, then I need to be aware of where I'm drafting from. I typically don't like to just go into a draft with a set strategy. That's more of a loose I have an yes. idea of where people yeah. should fall, and then yeah. I like to play the board. Um, but it is important to know where you line up in the draft to understand where you can anticipate most players falling. But again, every league is different, but we have a, a general idea of where they should go. Yeah. Right. So uh, we do have a question, but AJ, I want you to answer your uh, your draft strategy that you you come in to most drafts with first before we jump into that. Yeah, I, I'm pretty much following suit with with both of these guys. Like, depending on the size of my league is kind of how I gauge who I'm going to go after. Um, you know, I, I still want to build that depth with my running backs and receivers in the early rounds. 
um, especially in one quarterback leagues, you know, I'm not going to jump out and reach for, you know, a Mahomes, a, a Hertz, an Allen, if I don't have to. Um, if I've already built enough depth and then those guys are still sitting out there and, and everybody's kind of following suit with that same general strategy, then that's great. I, I love drafting in those rounds because it's like, finally, you know, I, I you don't have that one or two random people that are just going and getting the Kelsey's and, and whoever early well, Kelsey's still going to go in first. So, but <laughs> you know, you're, you're not losing a lot of depth at those two positions specifically. So that's kind of how I look at it. Um, you know, it, it'll change depending on the league settings, if it's super flex and whatnot. So we'll, we'll get into that a little later. Yeah. So just real quick, you, everything you guys said is, is, is pretty spot on. Um, you know, I, I Jim, I'm, I'm more like you. Like, I, I have an overall. I kind of use it as like a tiebreaker, um, more than anything. But I really go positional value there. And I even, you know, I, I do a thing. So we build a cheat sheet over here at Fantasy Six Pack. Um, I, you know, I, I had a big heavy hand into it. And what we do and what it shows is, it shows each. It shows an overall value, but then it shows each. It shows a value for each player left on the board at each position too. And so what it shows you is these like massive teardrops, right? And I'll get into a little bit about this later, but what it really helps you with is like, you know, say you're up and you're like, oh man, I need a receiver and or a running back. I'm not really sure. You know, if you're up in like five or six more picks, right? If there's seven running backs that are all within, you know, a pretty small margin, but there's a receiver that's like up here. And then there's yep. another one way down here on the list. <laughs> you might want to take the receiver because that that's where the value-based drafting comes into play. And so that's where being flexible, not getting, you know, stuck into a like, oh, I need to take running back, running receiver, 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 running back, blah, blah, blah. Like if you get stuck in that, you're missing value. And, you know, to Zach, to your point, like I was in Kane's Classic uh, in, in the Dawson division at the Expo and me and Keith had no intention of taking a tight end early. Now, granted, it's 14-teamer, so it's a little bit different. You got to, you got to, you know, you've really got to pivot quickly on those, you know, but also, uh, you know, you do know the, the, the quarterbacks and the, and the tight ends, you don't want the 14th one. Like you kind of got to go a little early. Andrews fell to us in the middle of the third round. I had no intention of taking Andrews, but like, I was like, that is insane value in a 14 team league. Like that gives me such an advantage over everybody, except for maybe the Hawk and like obviously the Kelsey owner, like that is just crazy. So like I pivoted really quickly and did that and then just had to adjust my board, you know, from there. Um, so that that's kind of how I, I do it. Very rarely do I go off 80 or a damn straight do not go off ADP. Uh, but I very rarely do I go off overall and very rarely do I go off just strictly rankings either. Like, you know, the overall rankings, it, it, however you do, but it's very tier based drafting in my opinion. That's kind of how I do it. So, um, before we jump into your question, Mason, I want to uh, give out our first Trophies Mac draft board. So the first person to type strategy into the chat will win the draft board. So uh, as soon as you do that, we will we will do it. And uh, while we're getting that, Mace, your question here, what's your favorite place to draft in a 10-team GM draft? Honestly, in 10 teams, I'll take one or 10. <laughs> shallow enough like i don't the ends are awesome <laughs> yeah jim 
Zach? I, I haven't been in a 10-team league I know, in decades. <laughs> I mean, everything's like 12 or 14, but that's fine. Uh, it's important to everybody else out there who's doing 10s. I think you everybody could build an all-star team of a 10-team league. So realistically, if you get a player at number one like Justin Jefferson, yeah, I think in a 10-team league, getting a little advantage on the field, probably in the beginning. But like Joe said, honestly, you give me 10-11, I'm going to have a dynamic duo to start out, and it probably is better than Jefferson in the number two. So I don't think there's a bad spot in the 10-team draft. As long as we all said earlier, as you're aware of how the flow of players are going at positions, and like Joe said, if there's a value that falls, just be ready to take that, to take that move. But, yeah, any place in the 10 should be fine. Um, any differing opinions? Not really. It really depends on who you want. Like if I, for example, like I, I like a th- the three spot right now, just because I know I don't have to make the decision then between Jefferson chase and CMC, for example, right. depending on the scoring. So I'll let the, the first two make the pick. I'll get whichever one's left over. And then I get the earlier second round pick before they do. So it really depends on who you like. If you don't really have a target or if you like somebody like I love Nick Chubb, I can probably get him around pick eight, nine, ten, okay. um, and then I can load up there. So it, it really depends. If you get to choose your slot, it's who do you really want first in your first round? And that's when you need to decide where is that range of where they could fall. Right. Otherwise, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but to me, just even playing in different leagues, I don't really feel there's a difference to between 10, 12, 14 when it comes to your draft slot. It's more of you adjusting your strategy throughout the draft, not so much where you're picking from, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And uh, we do have our first winner. It is Mace who just asked the question. So uh, Mace, I will be reaching out to you with that promo code here. Um, If I forget, just uh, holler at me on Twitter. I know who you are, so we're good. All right. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So uh, next question, AJ. All right. So next thing we're looking at, and we've kind of touched on it a little bit, but so after like five or six rounds, we'll say, you know, assuming there isn't any crazy value that drops, what is your team looking like, you know, after that? Like, what's your construction so far right there? Uh, Zach, we'll start with you. Sure. So typically, I would say I have at least either a quarterback or a tight end, probably not both. But there is that possibility, depending on how things fall. Right. That's um, the value then, that falls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. I would probably guess I would have, if it's six rounds, I would guess three wide receivers, two running backs, and then either a quarterback or a tight end, um, most likely. Because like I said, I like to be pretty balanced. I like to find that value. But typically, the way these these ADPs are falling, you can pretty much snag a couple of every position. Um, it's pretty rare, though, that I would I say – uh, yeah, I would say that's good because QB tight end, you're, you're really playing um, with fire. Maybe I might even go crazy and just go like zero running back, depending on how it falls, just to have that value at tight end and then try to differentiate myself by having elite positions at quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, and then just let the running backs come to me later. But it, it kind of depends on your league. You, you should know who you're drafting with or really kind of decide how you should format your team. Yeah. All right, uh, Jim. Thoughts? So at this point, I probably have a good 15 redraft leagues done. 
And so my rosters are looking fairly typical positionally. And about 60% of them have one quarterback through six rounds. And then the other five are a combination of receivers and running backs. And as I said earlier, some drafts go receiver heavy. If the running backs values fall, I'm going to end up with three running backs and two receivers and deal with the rest later. Later, There are other drafts, maybe my draft position or maybe running backs go heavier. Then I end up with three receivers and two running backs. But again, we're always flexible to take what a draft gives us. But I don't, in my rosters, I don't feel I have the luxury to take a tight end and a quarterback. So I don't have any rosters like that. All right. So, uh, yeah. So this was actually something I, I actually answered on the panel, uh, basically. Um, and so my, my normal roster construction after five or six is typically like, you know, I kind of I've kind of leaned into the the almost the hero RB strategy this year, and, and I don't know if it was on purpose. It just kind of happens. Um, but you know, I'm either getting a running back in the first or second round. I kind of have still a little old school where I can't go total zero RB. You know, like like our board our boy Denny over there uh, <laughs> who got ragged on pretty hard at the, <laughs> the Expo fight. By uh, some other panelists, but uh, you know, just in just in fun, by the way. Um, but I haven't quite been able to go the the, the total zero RB. So I'm I'm kind of an anchor running back guy at at the very least. Um, so at that, but after round five and six, it's probably at least one anchor RB, and then like three, if not four, really solid receivers. Especially with you know, especially if you're starting three receivers and a flex or two flex. Um, in any sort of PPR format, like that's a big advantage in their direction. Um, unless I do take either, and I'm right with there with both of you, either a quarterback or a tight end early. I'm never doing both. And we wrote some draft strategy articles on fantasy six pack. And I, I mentioned that too. Like it's really hard to go early both. And when I mean early both, it is first five or six rounds for both. Like you really hamstring because those are single position needs and you need at least two for both running back and receiver it's really hard to build really solid and you've got to get super lucky in my opinion to hit later rounds on some guys that you know you're going to be starting and look we we know how it works and i know there's like the top end quarterback there is that kind of gap now with the quarterbacks where like the top three, if not four, maybe five, if you're talking that, um, kind of have, have distanced themselves from everybody else. But after that, they're still all kind of the same again. Like you're gonna you're gonna see dudes who like will finish at QB 17 on the year, be QB ones multiple times in the season. That's just how it works. And so if you don't want to go early on the Mahomes, the Hurts, the Allens, you can probably wait. You know, that's the kind of thing like, you know, I get it. But um, and, and kind of the same thing with tight ends, unless you go the super top three, I think it's kind of wait and see, maybe taking the Joku kind of, you know, around eight, nine type of thing. You know, that that's kind of what I'm doing. So um, it, it is very heavy running back and receiver at that point still after five and six. AJ. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty much where I find myself too. Although I'm, I'm looking at my I, I just finished my 10 team home league and. I pretty much have the hero running back with Eckler. And then I've got uh, AJ Brown, Keenan Allen, Chris Godwin, and and Hawk. 
uh, not necessarily drafted in that order, but that's my first five. Um, so I'm kind of right there with with you guys. Like I, I in in that shallow of a league, uh, and, and even in a 12 team, I'm I'm kind of going that same route. I, I yeah, I just don't think I can pull the trigger on drafting a tight end and a quarterback. Um, again, unless the value is there and, you know, maybe I try something different just to get a Kelsey and then I'm able to stack with a Mahomes, then I'm a little more comfortable with it. But I just, I just don't really see that happening, uh, too often for me. I mean, I'll say in, in Kane's classic, like we actually did now again, it's 14 teamers. So it is a little bit different, a little bit deeper. I did go tight end and quarterback first six rounds i took herbert in the middle of six i didn't think he'd be there and i kind of saw a string of quarterbacks about to fly off the board and they did and i kind of got cued to it because trevor lawrence jumped him in the in the draft and got picked right in front of us and i was like oh boy if we don't take if we don't take herbert now who we stuck with in a 14 teamer and that that scared me, so I, I went and reached for it. And I think our draft ended up okay. I'm getting crushed by injuries right now, but hopefully, you know, it's early enough that I'll, I'll be able to make it up. But um, we do have another question here. Um, how do you go about roster construction in an auction draft? This is Mace again. I've always had trouble in auction formats. You you've got to the the thing I learned. So I haven't done a lot of auctions either. Um, the first one I've done in probably years was last year in the first Kings Classic that I that I attended with with uh, Rob Wasiak. Um, I'm always a find value guy, but you also can't wait too long to spend your money. You've got to figure out when those tiers are going to dry up, and you got to go. If I'm in on this tier, I've got to spend money. You got to realize what the values are. And we and I finally figured that out this year. Like it was, it clicked on me. Like, like ten picks into the draft, I was like, "Oh wait, if we really went in on the on the Waddle, um, you know, Higgins tier of receivers, like there's like you know five or six or seven of them in that kind of range. They were all going for like thirty one to thirty six dollars. We had to spend the thirty one to thirty six dollars on at least one of them to get them, and and we did. Yeah. Um, so find value. I've never been a go get CMC for $65 guy. Like I just think that crushes you. Um, I really do think, especially, you know, I'm talking $200 budgets, but if you can, if you can get a bunch of like, we literally walked out of that draft, me and Keith did. And and we counted, we have like eight round two through four players on our team. That's insane. So like, because we just took a bunch of mid tier guys, like mid mid round guys like that i think it's going to work out in our favor we don't have the justin jeffersons but it is what it is but uh jim so joe it's what you bring up is a great point but mason may be in a 10 team league when you're talking kings classic we're talking 14 teams three flexes now the deeper the league the more balanced your roster has to be so you did the absolute right thing for your league but um yeah because i've been in that that league for the King Classic Jim Brown division for like six years. And so yeah. that's a, that's an exercise over time. But if you're in a 10-team <laughs> league, it's very appropriate to go stars go and scrubs. You could go four great players because there is going to be a waiver wire in a 10-team league. 
Like, let's say you only have five bench spots or four bench spots. There's going to be a big waiver wire. You're going to be able to make moves there all year long. So in a 10-team league, in an 18-team league, certainly spend away. But, Joe, as you mentioned now, now you get to 12-team league, and now you got to be a little more careful. If it's just a standard bench of, you know, four players or so, you can have a a couple stars. You don't want to go too crazy with three or four because you'll have no bottom of the roster. So the, the bigger the league, the more it goes from stars and scrubs, and then balance, 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 balance. 12-team more, 14-team focus, 14-team with three flexes. It's like yeah. that. But would, so it, but would you agree that what I said originally kind of holds true for all of them is that if you want a player in that tier, maybe don't go grab the first guy that gets uh, nominated. Wait to find where the values, you know, what that what the value of those players is going at, and then decide. Do I want in or do I want out? And if you really want in, you know this is what you've got to spend. You're not going and you've just got to you just got to go in for it. You're correct, Joe. And I think what you're also saying here is the auction people in your league, they will set player values for yes. you. You yes. need to note down it, it might be work, but you have to note down what players are going for. If you don't do that, you may not be aware of the range. You'll know what the core top quarterback ones are going for, the top running back ones. Yes. And then like Joe said, now you can make an intelligent decision. And like Joe also said, if you have a tier of players and you know where the cost is, you could get in on any of those players, but get the one at the cost that you want. And sometimes it's better to wait till a player or two if you have a bigger two are gone because now you really settled in the value and you can really spend their money so maybe the next couple guys in the tier will go cheaper yeah but you know again like oh, the other nice. thing too is like don't be afraid to spend your money like, and the reason why that's important is because it, everybody's got to spend their money right and so you want to spend your money on quality players you don't want to just spend your money to spend your money and and we evaluated the king's classic draft that i was in and and aj you and i both looked at it and we were like there were guys that went for $9 that no way in hell should have gone for $9, but it's like, they just had money left and they had to spend it. And so they did. And so that's what happened. So you've got to spend your money early, but it doesn't mean you have to spend your money early on the Justin Jefferson's for as expensive as they're going to go in whatever format league you have. So you got to play the room. You got to find the values for your league and the values will be different depending on the size and the stuff that, that you were saying, Jim. So, um, I think Zach, do you have anything else quick to add? I know we. No, I have zero auction experience. All right, uh, so <laughs> all good. You all covered it very well. Yeah, we got one more question here. Um, I, I love this. Um, Justice Beaver. Um, if you miss on a top three quarterback, wait for Danny Dimes QB fifteen. He's QB fifteen right now. On I'm guessing in the rankings that he's looking at, uh, but he finishes QB nine last year. Under Dable. Yeah. Um, what? What's what's your thought on that, Jim? Looks like you've got a. Oh, it was just it was my dumb normal glazed look. That's probably just me. But you uh, know, I, I thought you were I, nodding your head. <laughs> but I do wonder what Brian Dable. Look, he did it with smoke and mirrors last year. That offense should not have worked. It worked at the end of the season. Teams that were they started they faced some good teams too. Teams started to figure them out a little bit. Any team with a defense figured them out. Now year two, there's film on them. Now they did bring in. A bunch of slot receivers. They might be able to do a little bit more with that. Slot but you. I am very concerned. <laughs> hey, they added yes. Darren Waller. He's tall. Yes. <laughs> oh, and he may be great too. But he days. looks like an adult amongst children. Oh my yeah. god, doesn't he? Right. The other guys are like hanging from his like belt loop. It's pretty <laughs> awesome. Funny. But I am worried that that 700 yards rushing teams might say, you know what? 
if we flood the middle of the field with defenders and we just basically send somebody as a spy after you, beat us on the outside. God bless you. You can have it all day. I'm, I think a lot of defense are going to flood the middle, and I think it's going to be a problem that Brian Dable can't smoke and mirrors his way out of. I, I agree. I, I am a little worried on Daniel Jones. Zach, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, uh, I think there's other quarterbacks I'd rather target late than Danny Dimes. And I get it. Rushing upside is great for fantasy football. It does concern me, though, if my my only QB is throwing 15 passing touchdowns. So um, yeah, it's bad. as much as he does run, <laughs> yeah. I feel like I can find other value similar to him um, around that draft. I just, yeah, I'm out. I've said it before I'm on the show. I'm a Cowboys fan. I try not to be biased, but I mean, I'm uh, a, there we go. I, I get it. I mean, I like I, I love I you know I, I love the running quarterbacks. I get the value that they bring and they boost their floor up a little bit. But the ones I like can also pass the ball a little bit better than Danny Dimes right now. So I'm out. I'm well, out right now. So yeah, um I think he, he's going at a pretty fair place. So I think we're gonna jump into this question here that yeah. we had on our sheet and we're gonna jump into more of a quarterback tight end strategy here. And and so I think we kind of already said this a lot, but just to reiterate here, so Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Zach, are you more of a when you're drafting quarterbacks this season? Now we're still in the one quarterback leagues here. Are you more of a you are okay going early? You know, I, I say early with you know the Mahomes, the Allen, and the Hurts are kind of going in a cluster there. Um, you, you can add in Lamar a little bit later. They're they're starting to climb up and catch them. Um, or are you jumping into like the middle with the Trevor Lawrence, the Herberts, the oh who else is there? Um, Watson is up kind of up there with them. You know, that that kind of group. There's a whole bunch of guys that get interchanged depending on whatever rankings you're looking at. Or are you a wait and see guy, kind of like Justice said, like, you know, you went maybe not Danny Dimes, but somebody else later. Sure. So simple answer is yes to all of that. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I'll add a little a, a little analysis. Now, to obviously, it. the whole uh, the whole <laughs> falls like round five. Clearly, you're taking him. But you know, let's sure. just say typical ADP sort of gets drafted the way that we expect it to, you know. Yeah. So for me, it, it like we've said before, like it really depends on who I'm drafting with and how the board has gone so far. Um, I tweeted this out uh, a couple days ago, kind of my QB draft strategy of what I felt like as I'm going through drafts is I'm either targeting a QB, one of the top three elite QBs in the third round, if one of them falls in that time. I want Lamar in the fourth, Fields in the fifth, Herbert in the sixth. And then if I don't get any of those or I decide to wait, then around like the ninth, tenth is when I'm looking at Anthony Richardson going crazy upside, but then I want to pair him with Geno Smith because he has an amazing schedule to start the season. And that kind of bounces out that high risk, high reward with some floor. So if I'm going to wait on QB, I probably am going to get to end up drafting two of them, depending on if I really get like a high upside guy like Anthony Richardson, and then maybe a safer guy. I know someone mentioned Kirk Cousins earlier. You can't get any more safe and vanilla than Kirk Cousins. (laughs) who's going to finish QB 12 again this year. Um, I think he finished QB six actually last year, so we should give him some credit. But still, he he feels very vanilla. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of my strategy. I have no issue with someone going early with QB. 
or waiting. You just have to commit to whatever you're doing. Make it yeah. work for your roster. Don't like kind of like I kind of want to do this and then like don't go early. Like don't take Josh Allen and then go get a guy at the end. Like Josh Allen should be your only QB and just be done with it. Like don't yeah. I, I don't understand why people draft two quarterbacks if you want to lead early. It doesn't make sense to me. You kind of answered our secondary question that AJ had Sorry. in the back, yeah. in the back <laughs> of his pocket. No, all good, all good. No, that's that's fine. <laughs> you're 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 pretty much preaching to the choir when you're talking to Joe about that. When you get one of those top three guys, so why are you times. getting a backup? Never use it. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, it's just like if you're playing underdog best ball, like you have to assume you're right. So don't yes. then handicap yourself, if you will, assuming you're wrong, because then what's the point of you drafting elite? Like you you have to go with it, you're right. And then if you're wrong, well then make some trades, play on the waiver wire and figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Jim, what's your thoughts on quarterbacks? So I have a very specific strategy that came about. And first of all, the fantasy community is just so smart because adjustments are made. We've never had seven quarterbacks collectively go this early ever. Usually Mm -hmm. some years you might get this May and June trend. And then when August hit, it was back to normal. The fantasy community has made a statement and they understand these top seven quarterbacks, maybe eight, depending how you're looking at it and how drafts go. But these top seven, they have an incredible floor and an incredible sitting. They are much more reliable week to week. And there's a big chasm between that the top and the bottom. It used to be, you, oh, yeah, you can stream your quarterback and be fine. With the quarterbacks now in the pass-driven league, not the case. So here's my philosophy. I don't like my roster build if I take one of the top three quarterbacks because they're going second or third round. Now, if you take them, great. You could definitely build a great team. I personally don't like it. Now I have my next tier of four, which any order, Lamar, Burrow, Herbert, Fields, any order in there. I wait for one to get drafted. When one in that tier goes, now I'm shopping. I'm happy with any of them. That's my goal is get one of those four. But if it comes to a point when now I miss out on them, I have two fail-safes. I'm good with Trevor Lawrence. I'm also good with Deshaun Watson, who's usually, not always, usually the last one to go. My story on him is, I believe the time away from the game, he lost the speed of the game element. I think in his 20s, he's still 28, that comes back. And so I think he's fine. I really do want one of the top nine altogether, though, and I have in 90-plus percent of my drafts, I'm getting one of them. Yeah, all right. That works. So yeah, as Joe mentioned, our, our secondary question was uh, in, in 10 teams, or I'm sorry, in 12, 12 or less team leagues, uh, are you drafting a backup quarterback? Sounds so Zach, like you already answered not. the question. Jim, are you kind of on board with what, what Zach said? Yeah, yes, exactly too. what I'm... Zach said. But one, ad, one addition. So like Zach said, you draft the high one, you don't take another one. But the later you draft one, then the sooner you draft the second one. Because I'm not talking the top seven. If you go outside the top seven, now at that point, if you're eight, nine, ten, now you want to get a second one because you're drafting a little more risk. And I yes. think you want to hedge that. And yeah. I think Zach made a mention of best ball. If you're in best ball, you got to have two quarterbacks regardless because you're going to have a bye week. You could have an injury. Best ball is a little different, but in a redraft league, I mean, Zach was perfect the way he said that. Yeah. That's, I, yeah. I've been saying that for years. So. That's yeah, spot on, I mean, man. That's totally that's kind that. of my my point in most of the leagues I play in are twelve. So I will take a backup quarterback even if I have one of the top three, but I'm waiting forever to get one. I just at that point I feel like I've got a lot of depth in the other positions. 
I want to take one because I'm hedging my bets on an injury that may not happen. But as we've talked about on, you know, in past years and past shows, we look at the quarterback position and how injury prone it can be. And it may just be a game or two here or there that you're missing, you know, like Hertz last year, uh, you know, Dak only missed, I think what, four games last year. Um, so it's still going to hurt your fantasy team. And, you know, just having a, a safe gap there in, in for me is, is something that I try to target, but I get that not everybody wants to follow that strategy and that's, that's fine. That's what's great about this game. <laughs> uh, so we do have a question. Another one on quarterbacks, uh, Connor, uh, 1.0 PPR 0.3 for rushing first down. So I'm considering taking Mahomes with the one of six. He's keeping Waddle in the fourth round. What are you guys thoughts on that? I'm, I'm out on that. If it's one quarterback and, and Mace yeah. actually asked that question, it is a one quarterback league. That's okay. way too early in my book. No. There's yeah. got to be somebody Simple else answer, there. way too early. If Mahomes yeah. is your favorite player and your league drafts QBs crazy early and you know that and you want to get your guy, finish, there has to be, be some fun. crazy quarterback so, scoring involved yeah. with that too. So get yeah. your guy. But yeah, in general, I would say that's way too early. Yeah. So, um, so it's kind of the same question for tight ends. Um, again, I think we've already sort of alluded to this, but just get a little bit more detail here. Jim, you can start. Um, you know, what? what's your st- typical strategy for drafting tight ends this year? Um, you know, going with those, going to Kelsey in the first, going with, you know, the Hawk, the Andrews, kind of the, the next group or, you know, whatever. Like, where, where are you typically seeing yourself drafting co- tight ends? So since I'm fairly committed to taking one of the top seven quarterbacks, that's a fifth round pick or, or usually fourth or fifth. And so at this point, as I said earlier, I just don't want, it's a luxury to have a tight end and a quarterback early. And those top five are going within the sixth round or so. So yes. I can't do that. Now, sometimes if Dallas Goddard, for some reason, a couple of really sharp drafts, he fell. And he fell like to the end of the sixth, seventh. At that point, I'm good taking him. Otherwise, I'm going to just take my chances. The Joku is just when he, I think Joe, maybe you said later, he falls significantly yes. later. Don't mind yeah. him. If I really have to reach, I am expecting Juwan Johnson, a converted college receiver. Took him three mm-hmm. years and he really started coming on. Now Derek Carr should be better for him. If I have to go even later, look, Dalton Schultz to me is just a guy. He's a catch and fall guy but he was Dak Prescott's tight end. And even an end of the career, Jason Witten was relevant with Dak Prescott. To me, Jake Ferguson, the 79th percentile yards after the catch guy, small sample size, of course. He is way more electric than yes. anything Prescott's had. And Pres- and he Prescott started blowing the cover the other day. He, he, he's made this public comment, this kid's going to be a star. I'm like, shut up, Dak. I got a million <laughs> shares of yeah. Jake Ferguson. Just shut up. Uh, and his ADP went up like Fantasy Mojo <laughs> does high stakes. He went up to a 12th round pick in the last three days. I was getting oh, him in the 17th and 18th round. Oh, man. That's crazy. <laughs> Zach, what about you, man? What, what, what do you do with tight ends? Yeah, I think the, the best strategy for me is later great uh, or greater late, however you want to phrase it. Um, I typically don't get Kelsey. He's kind of too rich for my blood as much as we love Kelsey. And every year we keep saying this is the year he's going to fall off and it hasn't happened. I don't know. It could happen. It might not. I don't know. I, typically Kelsey is out of my range. I like Andrews in the third. 
if I'm not getting Anderson third, I'm looking at Waller in like the fifth, sixth. See if he falls around there. He might not be going in the um, fifth or sixth anymore. I'm looking at. I know he keeps coming up. That's like, why. Mid, that's why I like drafting a little now. earlier. I like. I like yes. balancing my drafts out. Let me get some early drafts. Let me get some later drafts. We'll see where the value yeah, falls. Yeah, right. Um, but after Waller, I kind of just wait and wait and wait. Uh, we talked about Ferguson. I also like Higby. Um, as much as we crap yeah. on the Rams Volume. because they have nobody. <laughs> He's probably their number two target, and right. their defense isn't stopping anybody. So, um, I like Higby. It, it, I mean, you can get him at the end of the draft. So, to yeah. me, it's I'd rather just give me a stud. I still consider Waller a, a risky stud, or I am just punting and let me just find somebody, and I will stream tight ends. I'll find someone to put together. I mean, at the end of the day, you're hoping one of them gets you a touchdown that week. Otherwise, a majority of them aren't doing anything, so they're not going to break you. Um, if you don't, if you don't do well, so that's my philosophy. Agreed. All right. Any, uh, no, I mean, that's, that's pretty much how I'm looking at stuff. I like, I like having one of the, the second tier guys we'll say, um, just to, again, kind of be that, that safe gap, um, to fill that, that position. And then, no, I don't have to worry about it for, you know, until later in the draft, um, I, I will take again a backup tight end, um, potentially two if I have enough flex positions in the league um, that I can like I have somebody just to fill in for bye weeks, really. Yeah. And then once that that happens, I can cut bait with them or try to yeah, trade. So them. We do have another trophy smack draft board giveaway. Um, if you can type in Superflex in the chat, uh, you'll you'll win this uh, this draft board. Again, they will get there in time, so uh, anybody can win. Go ahead and type that in. First person to type it in gets the uh, gets the draft board. So, AJ, next question. All right. So, speaking oh. of Superflex, oh, uh, <laughs> we've got a winner. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Connor. Oh, well, no, Actually, Mark. No, Mark got you. Mark oh, Strasburg so. got him by like a split second. They were like, they're baby. Both 1021. So, yeah. Uh, we'll have to we'll do a, uh, a count on that. Um, <laughs> all right. So, with super, super flex, and then you, you also have your tight end premiums. Um, you know, that's kind of more of the, the leagues that we're seeing coming about now. So how does your strategy change for these leagues and and how much earlier are you taking your quarterbacks or tight ends? You know, how many are you drafting? What's your your overall strategy here, Zach? So for Superflex, I really need at least two quarterbacks within the first four rounds, preferably. That doesn't mean it has to be the first two rounds. I would say probably I want one within the first two and then two within the first four. I'm not opposed to taking two in the first two rounds. Um, it really just depends on how the value falls. Um, I'm not going to reach for a quarterback, even though you feel pressure to. I'd rather just get value elsewhere because you'll see some studs fall to you at other positions yeah. because everyone wants quarterbacks. So then you can still clean up with your below average, average quarterbacks. Um, and then I really would prefer, I would probably say two really good quarterbacks, a very average quarterback and then you can take a flyer like a i mean even someone let's not even a starter that's a backup and take them super late just in case um like for example um heineke with the falcons if ritter doesn't work out 
or something like that. You can literally get him at the end of your draft. People will forget about him. Um, and then that just gives you some insurance. If there's another injury, you got bye weeks to worry about. Um, something like that. We, we have to do that with Scott Fishbowl. Um, yeah, yeah. And then you mentioned, do you want me to do tight end premium too or just super plug? Yeah, yeah. 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 Sure, tight end premium, that does not really change my strategy at all. All it does is make the rich yeah. richer. So your elite tight ends will score more points. So Kelsey might be more valuable. Um, but otherwise, if they're not catching passes like they aren't anyway, it doesn't really change anything. Um, it just creates a bigger divide. Um, so there's really less of a middle class of tight ends, if you will, and more of your really elites and then you're you're, you're done. So um, that doesn't really change my strategy. But I love seeing everyone else reach for tight ends yes. in tight end premium, and then I will get value <laughs> elsewhere. Yes. So you do, so you don't you don't find yourself going after the the Hawks and the and the uh, I'm out on Hawkinson maybe. this year. So definitely not Hawkinson, but yeah, okay. no, it well regardless, it doesn't really but that, change, that yeah, that it, it doesn't change my strategy at all. I, I still follow my typical strategy. Um I just understand like Scott Fishwell has crazy scoring this year with tight end. So I get why Kelsey went so early in that example, but your standard tight end premium, it really won't make that much of a difference relative to everything else. Sure. Yeah. Jim seems to be shaking his head. He agrees with yeah. you on the tight end premium. I stuff. won't reword anything Zach said. It's exactly what I would say. On the quarterbacks, I said earlier, I have my top nine. I have the big seven, but then I have Lawrence and Watson. So if those two are available, any of those nine are available in the first two rounds, I'll go quarterback, quarterback. But like Zach said, if, if at that point, I'm not reaching for my second quarterback. And yeah. I will wait till the field starts to draft their, you know, those maybe quarterbacks 10 through 12, 13, and then I'll make sure I get one. And then one more thing I want to add, if you're in a 12 team league, just do the math. You want three quarterbacks because of bye weeks and injuries. And if there's 12 teams and there's only 32 quarterbacks, you have to be one of the teams. That's not the last to pick because you got to get one. You'll be out in the cold. So yeah. what I say is this, when you see the third quarterback start to go off the board, get yours then. Get yours before you're at the very, very bottom tier. A good target for a quarterback three this year, in my opinion, Jordan Love goes as a QB three, mm -hmm. and I think you can get him there. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I agree with that. You know, the tight end premium doesn't matter to me. Uh, I, I've never really understood the, the reasoning behind it uh, other than like, hey, we're trying to make tight ends uh, not be the catchers of fantasy baseball. Um, by giving them another reason to be uh, sort of valuable when they're still not. Um, so yeah, like you said, obviously uh, Zach, you know, in super, or in Scott Fish, we have both of these, so you you kind of have to pick and choose. But um, in Superflex, I am all in on quarterbacks. I I rush to get them. I'm usually. Uh, a lot of times I will be one, two back to back unless it's not like, unless I'm seeing the draft board kind of lighten up and people are, you know, especially in round two, if people start taking their, their RB one or their, their receiver one, um, you know, or even their QB one at that point, then I'll, I'll try to adjust accordingly. But I agree with Zach. I like having my two set quarterbacks within the first four or five rounds tops. And then I'll go after, you know, one of those shot in the dark guys. Um, just, you know, maybe round eight, nine, you know, if, if the value is still there, but I, I agree with Jim hundred percent. I do not want to be on that, that end of not having the third quarterback. I think that burned me 
it might have been two years ago in Scottfish, and I'm like struggling. I was like eyeing one up, and then it's just like everybody ahead of me is going and grabbing the guys. I'm like, I'm I'm not getting. I'm I'm gonna get Jacoby Brissett or some you know, turd who may not even play. And it's like, yeah, yeah whatever. I, I'm hoping for an injury for my bye week randomly at that point. Yeah. I'll be honest. I have not adjusted to the Superflex drafts yet. The Like literally the only one I'm in is Scottfish. And uh, I was good in Scottfish until he had a Superflex. <laughs> uh, so it's, uh, don't listen to me. I don't know adjusting. what the hell I'm doing. So I, you know, I took Herbert this year at one eight, I think. And then I came back around and waited a few rounds. I mean, I added Cup, I added Jacobs, which I thought was awesome at the time, added Kittle, and then was like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll take uh, – I thought Geno Smith was coming to me. Take two two ahead of me, got Wilson, which up until Judy's injury seemed still pretty cool. Um, I'm not so sure anymore. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, again, but I went – like my second quarterback was kind of in that like once the 12th one went off the board, I had to make sure I got one like really fast. Um, but then I swung and missed on the third one completely. I don't even know who my third one is. I'll be honest with you. Oh, no, 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 no. I did go back in early. It was, it was Mac Jones. I kind of hedged my bet on, I went a little safe and I know it's boring, super boring quarterback, but I went safe with Mac Jones because I'm not so sure about Russ and I'm glad I did. So speaking of risk, that's our next question. Uh, we're jumping into a category here of risky draft strategy, draft strategies, how risky are you willing to be is sort of the general question, you know, like, and, and to maybe then make it a little more specific here. Like let's talk about like some of the running backs, right? So the running backs, you know, like Jonathan Taylor, we have no idea like what's happening there. We don't know where he's going to go. Could be a bad situation. May not get traded at all. May just go, you know what Colts screw you guys. I'm out and does not play. We don't know. Josh Jacobs, the same thing. I and mean, we heard like what three days ago that he was coming back and then now he's not again. Like, I don't know what's going on over there. Um, so that kind of risk comes to the front of the in front of my mind right now because of it's you know relevant to what's going on right now. But there's tons of other risks. Um, we'll get into a couple more later, but like what do what do you do, especially with like those two guys um in, in your drafts? You know, are you comfortable taking them even though they, they've dropped in drafts a little bit are you comfortable taking them uh i think i forget who went first last time um <laughs> so, short and sweet yeah. real short and sweet so look if i'm in a standard 12 team league with my friends let somebody else have the problem if i'm in a league that's a jackpot league where you're playing against thousands of people i will take them at a half round or a round discount because i want to lap a field of thousands and i'll take that adp value and if i look if you're not first you're last king's mm-hmm. classic i did the same thing in, in my division, Jim Brown, if you don't win, you lose. That league is everything for me. And so that I took Jonathan Taylor in the 20th pick, but I like, you know what? Second place is useless. So that's the way I look at it. Give the risk to somebody else in a normal league, but if it's a massive, massive deal league, take the risk. I couldn't have said better than Jim. So we're good. Yeah, I think, I think that's pretty good. I'm kind of the same way. Um, the, the, the more risky you need to be in, in the league, depending on who you're playing against, is where you have to take the more risk. Um, so, AJ, you can jump into this question here. All right. So, coming off of 
injury is what we're looking at here. So what what about these players who are coming off of these injuries from last year? You're looking at your Brees Hall, your Javonta Williams. Um, those are just two that come to mind. Um, you know, we mentioned some of the quarterbacks who were injured early or, or late, but then came back and played. Um, how do you guys assess injury players from the previous year uh, in your drafts this year? So typically I avoid them. Um, it really depends on the injury and who the player is, what position with everyone you named. I'm I'd rather let, unless they fall to some crazy value because everybody in my league's avoiding them, then I don't want to deal with them. Or if I am going to take them, I need to understand as I go through the rest of my draft, I shouldn't be counting on them for at least the first month with the players that you named um, maybe longer, maybe through six weeks, especially like those ACL injuries um, and kind of almost treat them like rookies where, you kind of plan for them to be better in the second half of the season. Um, and if you build your team with that concept in mind, you can manage it fine, but you have to understand that that's what you need to go with. If you're, if you're taking that risk on those players, but like I said, typically I just try to avoid the the headaches unless it's significant value. You know, Sigmund yep. Bloom, a football guy summed it up really well. If there's a steady drum beat all summer, that's positive. Go ahead and take the shot on the player. But if it's even iffy, don't because you're probably going to get the worst side of it because people coaches want to paint it optimistic. That's why we look for a steady drum beat, but other thing, anything else. And like Zach said, if you could build your roster in a way you can live with a player for the second half, that's great. But if you're at all wondering if you'll have the depth and make it through the bye weeks, just let somebody else have the problem. Yeah. I, I, I'm usually a risk adverse drafter, especially in the early rounds. Now Javante I know he's climbing a little bit now, but early on, you could get him in around like what nine, ten, even in some cases. That was a risk I was willing to take in a heartbeat. I was out on Hall, um, and even though his value has dropped, now it's not even now it's almost worse. Like he's only dropped a couple of rounds, if that. And you got the injury on top of Cook being there. Like, no, I'm not having any part of that. And then he he might be awesome, but. I'm not taking that bet. Javante still is a guy who I'm I'm in on, even though he's climbed up a little bit. It's not he hasn't climbed up enough for me to where it's. I mean, how many players are we going to draft in the seventh round that we're going to cut? I mean, let's be real. There's tons of them every single year. We all want to be like, oh, our sixth, seventh round guys because they're starters. They're all going to be on my team all year long. Nope. Go back and look at all your teams. That doesn't happen. So like, you're going to take Javante Williams, who if he is right could be a top three round player next year that that's a bet i'm willing to take so that that's where i think the the players coming off an injury like if their value has been suppressed enough i'm willing to take it but if they're still going high no i'm out so yep real quick i I heard something from a beat writer i was either listening to the athletic podcast or the ringer i can't remember which one it was but they cited a beat writer from the new york jets and that beat writer's expectation of that backfield is early in the season cook gets a little more work than hall yes it it stays fairly equal they're hopeful and in the second half of the season hall takes the lead at that point but it's not like it's going to be 90 percent, 10 percent. so if that beat writer is correct and beat writers are not always correct but the way it was framed out and explained it seemed like a reasonable explanation that they actually got from something they saw or heard i just wanted to share that with everybody yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I've heard, I've heard uh, inkling of that too. Like, and it makes sense because he's coming off the injury. So, 
and and Cook is a strong player still. Like he's still going to be good. Um, but we've seen over the course of the last couple of years, he does sort of fizzle. Um, he'll get a shoulder injury too, like something like that. <laughs> and so yeah, you got to fix. Paul can take over. He's <laughs> yeah, young legs, exactly. right? He he'll uh, he can really give them a huge boost in the in the second half, last third of the season uh, there. So. AJ, any, any other thoughts there? You want to move on to the last? Yeah, no, I, I kind of agree with everybody's thoughts on this too. You know, I there's certain guys that I will take a risk on. Other guys I'm just completely out on. And and maybe it's a recency bias thing for some of them where I saw them get injured in a game. So it's, it's like scarred me and I just want nothing to do with them. Um but yeah, it's it's funny that we we talked about the Jets situation because I was updating the the fantasy six pack uh, receiver and running back uh, depth charts earlier today and last night, and we have a, a you know an asterisk that we put on the running back chart for the the running back by committee. This is the only one that I currently have listed as a running back by committee right now because that's you know the most obvious one. Both of these guys are talented, but with the injury and potential injury concerns with cook i mean this straight up defines it so um I'm, that will change as the season goes on obviously there there'll be plenty of more uh committee uh, approaches but yeah, yeah there's definitely some other committees but uh it. yeah um so zach you talked about rookies a little bit this is the next question here and we'll let you lead this one off um so rookie risk um now we always get like the one rookie and this year it's Bijan who is just like leaps and bounds in front of everybody else. Um, I think Gibbs is starting to climb. So that's another one. So they all have different levels of risk. So depending on where they're being drafted, but where, when are you typically willing to draft them at cost? You know, and they, I know they're all sort of different depending on who they are, but like, you know, take the Bijan for example, and then take like uh, the Addison, right? It's kind of like, kind of different ends of the spectrum, you know, kind of things like when, how comfortable are you taking rookies where they go? Sure. So I guess the best way to kind of summarize it for all rookies without doing the case by case is how many touches do I think they're going to get? And when do I think they're going to get those touches? So like for Bijan, he's going to get all the touches he can handle. He's an easy end of first, mid first, however you want to value him. Second round pick. Great. Um, Addison's probably the wide receiver too. And I think he will probably be the second in targets, even in front of Hawkinson. So I have no issue with with Addison and his cost, which I think he's right around seventh, eighth, ninth round, somewhere in there. Um, JSN, he was scaring me before the injury because he has two guys in front of him. So it's harder for him to get more work early on. And now he's got the injury. He's definitely much more riskier now that I would much rather wait later. Um, mm -hmm. And then you just have also just your random uh, rookies. I mean, like, even like a Tank Bigsby. Clearly playing behind ETM, but still could get touches. But you really shouldn't be looking at him until the double-digit rounds because he's so far behind in touches. So it really comes down to me is if I'm projecting touches or if I'm letting someone else project touches for me, if they get a, enough touches early on, there's no risk to me. I'm drafting them at ADP for what everyone's valuing them at. If it's someone where they are several people behind on the depth chart, um, I'd rather let everyone else deal with them, let them drop them, and I'll pick them up on the waiver wire in about six to eight weeks and then profit yeah the season. right i have zero to add it's the same zach could not have laid out but even the specific players 
So I, I felt exactly the same way. I value what touches they're getting, so I'm not going to add to it. It's exactly the same philosophy. Yeah. So one other kind of like kind of side question here, and maybe just something else to throw into the wrench. Like, do you do? Is there any sort of worry, which is the risk, right? That they've never done it before. So like even a Bijan, right, just could flop. Now, I mean, like I think we all think that's probably not likely, but I mean, like you know, it does that make you move them down under ADP slightly in your book so that you probably don't have a lot of shares of them or how do you, so, how do you do it? So what I specifically do when a rookie comes out, I try to watch some film on him and I pay close attention to his explosiveness testing, agility testing. They don't always do both of those and their speed testing in the combine. And between some film and the testing, I try to figure out what they can do at the NFL level. Like, is this a Z receiver? He's going to be off the line of scrimmage, opposite the X, free release, or the slot. Or is he going to be the X that's going to be on the line taking contact? I try to take the player's size, skills, and qualities, extrapolate them into the offense, and I do my ranking from there. So I, when I'm projecting them, the fear of the unknown, yes, it is true. But I try to look at that player-specific traits, and as I said earlier, fit him in that offense and try to see how it works, and I'm willing to trust my gut on that. Yeah. AJ, you got any other thoughts to that? No. I mean, I think you guys hit it on the head, you know, with the rookies. It's, you know, Justin Jefferson is is – uh, you know, an anomaly to to what to expect for rookies. Um, he didn't start it, off well either. It, he didn't it, hit till yeah. week three. So how many people dropped? I mean, Adam Azer talks about all the time of how he dropped him for Peyton Barber after two weeks, Oof. and um, he never he talks about it all the time. So usually you running backs are too, safer early on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you're drafting, end, dude. yeah, definitely. But if you're drafting a rookie, you need to understand that you need to either be patient with them, or you might not even want to waste your time taking them because. Like you said, they might not pop off for the first month, and yeah. you have to live with that, or you're going to risk dropping Jefferson after three, after two or three weeks. So um, it's definitely something you have to think about when you're drafting rookies. And but, Zach, yeah, what's funny yeah. is Justin Jefferson, he was a stud from day one. His coach benched him. He made him the backup. Who does yeah. that? You've got this legendary th- – you called it. You are right, not disagreeing with you, but who does that? You left Justin Jefferson on the bench for two weeks? I just yeah, had to get so that good. in. It was so funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh. So – I want to do our last giveaway. I've, I, I skipped it. Um, so if you're still here, uh, we're doing one more trophy smack draft board giveaway. You will get it before the end of the season. If you order it with our promo code that we can give you <coughs> type in the chat risk and you will be the winner. So first person to type in the word risk gets the trophy smack draft board. One more guy that I just want to ask you about, because I literally don't know where to draft the guy like i don't feel comfortable drafting him because i just don't know like we're talking about running back by committee Jameer gibbs i mean what do we i I don't know to me i'm out on his draft cost i get why people love him especially in pbr leagues but man feel i'm kind of afraid he gets the swift role last year where it's like he's good inside like inside the 20 or outside the 20s but inside the 20s he's not gonna be utilized enough so the touchdowns won't be there um jim you're shaking your head yes here's the problem right so we know he's a dynamic receiver we get that right if he's going to run real routes where are those routes going to be middle of the field oh wait 
I'm on our St. Browns in the middle of the field, and they ain't moving him outside. I don't care what they say. That ain't happening. Oh, right. wait, Sam Laporta, he's this massive deal they're making him. Where does he run his routes? Oh, wait, middle of the field. So if I'm an opposing defense, the same thing I said about a, a different team. I don't remember which one earlier. Oh, Daniel Jones. Well, we're flooding the middle of the field because Josh Reynolds ain't beating us, and the shell of Marvin Jones ain't beating us. So now defense is going to say, all right, throw outside, Goff, beat us there. And But how? where are these touches for Gibbs going to come from? If those – or where his routes are going to be. And then we already know David Montgomery is getting 250 carries. They're mm-hmm. not running Gibbs inside. They don't want to waste him. They don't want to hurt him or slow him down. So I'm conflicted like you are, Joe. I I, I have him ranked well, but I can't click draft. I can't pull because, the trigger. I no, just never I can't can. do it. I'm always like, uh, yes. Next guy. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't do it. Zach, what do you think, man? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, there's other guys around his ADP that I just prefer which is why I'm not drafting him. I think he's fine, though, because we have to remember Swift was actually really good with the Lions. He just couldn't stay healthy. But if you actually look at his metrics and his numbers, he was really, really good. It's just Jamal Williams stole every touchdown, even from Amara St. Brown. I mean, if you look at Jamal Williams' numbers, he was actually really, really not good, is my nice way of putting it. He just had a 17 touchdowns. Right. I mean, I think did he have 42 touches within like the five yard line? Like something crazy, <laughs> way more than everybody else. It was just one of those anomalies. So I wouldn't want to compare him too much to last year because I think actually Swift was great in his role. Um, he just couldn't stay healthy. So I'm not out on Gibbs. It's just typically where he's going in drafts. I just like other guys around him that I feel better with. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, I mean, I totally agree. So, um, AJ, anything to add, or you want to ask this last question? No, let's uh, let's move it on to the last one here. Um, let me pull my thing back up here. So, what is one mistake that you see fantasy managers making that they need to stop making? Jim, we'll start with you. Well, all right, ADP has a place. The place is we have a good guide for where players might go in typical drafts. That's good intel. It's very good because it, it, it gets your bearings straight. But after that point, throw that crap out the window. Because I see good drafters taking players because they feel ADP-wise that's where the value for that player is. I have my rankings, and I'm aware of ADP. But if I have Mike Williams as I do aggressively ranked, I have him ahead of a number of players who are getting drafted one or two rounds ahead of him. When it's my turn to draft, if Mike Williams is my guy, I'm not going to take a chance of him falling. I'm going to take him where I have him, and I'm going to draft him. Because when we go to the end of the season, I, I here's a test for everybody. Do your rankings before the first day of the season. Save them. End of the season, look at how everything wound up. And players ended up all over the board. ADP did not matter a lick. So take your stand on people. Like Zach said earlier, it's supposed to be fun. Draft players that you believe in. The biggest mistake they make, though, is following ADP and taking the player because it's he's. I'm supposed to take him now. Yeah, no, I agreed. Yeah. Huh? Zach? All right, so I'm going to cheat and do two quick ones. So, nah. Sorry. So I'll steal mine. <laughs> first one, know your league settings, rules, scoring, because you there are way too many people that do not follow whatever their league setting, rules, or scoring are, and you're missing out on edges. And then it's also an edge because the rest of your league doesn't pay attention. So take advantage of that. Like If there's some weird like per carry points, and factor that into your projections with that player, or if you are only a touchdown league, which... 
we don't really play it anymore, but some people do. Like that does matter. So pay attention. And then my other one is uh, this is more for I, I hate to call people casuals, but we'll call them casuals. The ones that they probably just tuned in this week because they're ready to draft. You don't have to follow your starting draft order when you're drafting. Like it's yes. funny when I'm in some drafts, and I'm like, okay, they're going to go QB, running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, tight end. That's oh, not got the flex. order. And now That's here comes the, the kicker. There's the kicker, and here comes the defense. There's a defense, <laughs> and there's a first-time pick. You don't have to do that. I promise you, you can draft your bench before you draft your starters for some of the positions. Um, so it sounds really stupid, I know, but I promise you in all of our leagues, we know every there's someone in every league that does that. So don't do that. Yes, sir. <laughs> AJ, you want to give yours or you want me to go first? <laughs> uh, no, go ahead. All right, so... I got um, to think about mine. <laughs> all right so this is actually uh I, I i said this at the panel um too but i'm gonna say it again because it needs to be heard by as many people as possible do not fall into the positional run trap you're gonna you're gonna get you know five running backs in a row or five out of six running backs you know picked in the you know and you're gonna go you're gonna panic and you're gonna go oh man I gotta get my running back, or they won't be. There won't be any left. Calm down. Yes, there will. It is a points-based league, guys. It is not a my running backs have to score more points than your running backs. It's not my receipt. It's your entire team. So go after the value on the board. And this is where something where, look, you can use the fantasy six-pack cheat sheet if you want. It will help you because it does break it down by positional, you know, value. You can knock people off the sheet as it goes along. It will tell you where that positional advantage then ends up becoming in round three, round four, round five, right? If the run happens, you don't have to take the, the sixth running back in that run, which is the last one. So you took the worst in the run, right? Then, uh, and then if you do, then the receiver runs going to happen and you're going to get on the back end. Of the, so then you just end up in the back end of every run. So your team is horrible. Um, pay attention to the tiers. If that happens, Pivot, take the receiver because that next group, and I said this kind of early on, and I said I would circle back to it. I knew I would. If if you then pivot and say, okay, I'm going to take the, the best receiver on the board because he has a much larger advantage over the next group of receivers on the on the board, or he's like his overall is way better than all the receipt all the running backs that is left, then that gives you a little bit of, of an advantage. Let people take another couple of running backs, circle back, because I'm going to guarantee that next group of running backs, all of their values are probably pretty close together. You didn't lose as much as if you had took taken the last running back in the run, then come back around and had another five or six receivers taken. Then you're in the middle of the back end of the next receiver run. You lose more value there. So pay attention to the runs and don't get sucked into it. If you can get into the beginning of it, great. Won't be the end. All right, AJ. Oh man, leaving me up to uh, finish out strong here, and I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> um, so I guess one thing that I would say is don't overthink what you're trying to do with your strategy here. Have the strategy, be confident in it, and and go with it. But don't let everybody else dictate your strategy. Um, 
if this you want to draft drafts too <laughs> yeah <laughs> Even exactly for slow drafts we all like overthink it <laughs> oh it's it's terrible it's the worst so. agonizing like uh, uh, no. No, yeah this guy, this guy. like like hours <laughs> <laughs> exactly i mean and, and it's like you're on the clock and it's it's round two and you're like oh, man. <laughs> i know <laughs> like these should be easy. so many guys that i want right now <laughs> Um, uh, <laughs> I guess the, uh, yeah, just, just stay in your lane and, and focus Yeah, no, and I get it and you'll be fine. Like things are going to happen. You're not going to get every player that you want. So just know that going into it, if you think that you're going to have this, this killer strategy and it's going to net you, you know, these top three running backs in, in, you know, in your list and whatever, not going to happen. So don't overthink it, you know, just go with your strategy, but be confident, <laughs> confident in it and, and be able to adjust. Like if, if you can't adjust on the fly, especially in a slow draft, um, <laughs> then you've got, you've got bigger problems. <laughs> You um, need to come use one of the many tools that all of us have at these sites. Exactly. That's why we're here. We'll help you out. All and right. So one one that one that I will say real quick, and Joe, this was one you pointed out to me. I'm a sucker for trying to not draft too many people on one bye week. But like you said, it's a points-based league. And if you have a ton of stud players that just happen to all be off on week five or week 10 this year or whatever it might be, who cares? You have two losses. You're still probably going to be the number one seed. The only time I look at bye weeks is if I have to draft a backup quarterback or a backup tight end. That's the only time it matters. Running backs and receivers, it does not matter. Find backups, fill them in, lose those two weeks, move on. You hope the rest of your team carries you. So I'm pretty sure I heard that at the panel and I was like, I was shaking my head like, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> I don't have any people I tell that to. Thank you, whoever said that. <laughs> so, um, all right, well, that is it for the show. I want to thank you both for coming on. Um, Jim, we'll let you uh, peace out first. Let everybody know where uh, where they can find you this season. What you got going on, man? If you happen to have Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, you can catch me Saturdays, um, one to three Eastern. Sunday until the regular season, one to three Eastern. During the re- during the regular season on Sunday, it's going to be like seven a.m. Eastern. But you can rewind it on the SXM app, so that's going to be good for everybody. Um, yeah. Otherwise, Jim Coventry NFL on Twitter. That's where the hub, where everything is. You can find all my work there. I work for RotoWire. It's a pay site, though, so just catch me on Twitter, and we're good. Great, awesome. Hi, Thanks man. for coming on. Uh, Zach- Thanks for having me. Same to you, man. Sure. Where, where, where can we find your stuff? Easiest way, like I said, Twitter, X, whatever we're calling it. Uh, FF Super <laughs> Batman. Uh, I'm going to post everything on there. Um, however, we do have the finale of our summer series, the Mental Health Awareness Series with uh, Fantasy and Frames. Oh, will come out uh, Monday morning. So go ahead and subscribe to that on Fantasy and Frames YouTube. Um, and then in season wise, most of my content is just going to be with Triple Play Fantasy um, do, hosting their, their weekly show for fantasy football otherwise i'm more behind the scenes for uh fantasy and frames in season but like i said twitter x whatever easiest way to i, to I love how I'm uh doing. did you you're are you in that group where i think it's uh, uh yeah was it jeff was like i'm pretty sure it's called twitter <laughs> x or whatever they call it yeah I'm, that's everyone on every show that's how we're calling it yeah I was like, that's, yeah, that's, a, that, that's a new trademark <laughs> that is that is yeah good job elon all right uh thank you again guys uh have yes. a good night 
Thanks, both. Thanks, guys. All right. All right, AJ, that is it for the show. Um, next week, we are closing out our preseason shows, doing a rankings review with a couple of stud rankers, Billy Muzio and Jared Smola. Uh, it's going to be a good time. We're going to have to dig into the rankings here. Yeah, um, definitely. Not quite sure how we're going to do it yet, but uh, it'll be very, very good right before that last push of the drafts. Um, and before the season starts there, so it'll be a good time. And then uh, we, we've got a we're, we're kind of revamping our show for the season just slightly. Uh, we're actually going to be bringing in some guests during the year. I've already got a few lined up. Um, don't want to give the names out yet. Not totally confirmed, but uh, we, we we do have some guys that are already looking in, looking to get in on, on everything. So looking forward to that. So again, hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, become a member over on Fantasy Six Pack. And um, yeah, if you want in on the uh, the the draft boards over there at Trophy Smack that we gave away today, um, I believe you can use. And I gotta check my email now that I'm actually looking at it. There is a promo code we have for fifteen percent off. Um, oh my gosh, I'm botching this because I was not ready for it. Yeah, six pack draft, um, spelled out all one word. You get fifty percent off free do two day air shipping. Uh, so they will get to you in time. If you, if you um, need a draft board for your, your drafts coming up there. So have a good night, everyone. And we will see you next week. Cheers. <laughs>